0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. My name is Mark Sennett. I'm the CEO of Western Business Media, which is the publisher of Health and Safety Matters magazine. I'd like to thank our sponsors who, as ever, are the Health and Safety event. And if you'd like to attend the Health and Safety event, registration is actually now open. It takes place on the 5th to 7th of April 2022 at the NEC in Birmingham. Actually, it's co-located with the new workplace event. It's also co-located with the fire safety event the security event as well. So this is a must-attend exhibition. There's hundreds of hours of CPD content across all of them. And actually, HSM is a proud partner. We actually put on the content for the knowledge exchange at the health and safety event. So there's huge amount of exhibitors and content on, as I said, it's a not-to-be-missed event. Perfect place for networking education and to the latest products and services in the market so if you'd like to register for your free pass and one registration will get you access to all of those events it's all in the same area of the NEC on the 5th to 7th of April 2022 all you need to do is go to www.healthandsafetyevent.com that is www.healthandsafetyevent.com so I know a lot of you obviously listen to this podcast for a bite-sized chunk of the news etc of what's going on but you don't have to wait for this podcast you can go to our website, the HSM website, which is www.hsmsearch.com. So that's hsmsearch.com. And you can see all the latest news, prosecutions, products and services in there. You can also see our back archive of CPD accredited webinars in there. You can watch our digital conference, Health and Safety Matters, live for free on there. All of this is going to be free. You can sign up to our twice a week newsletter And you can also sign up to get a copy of the magazine as well for free. So again, all of this you can do at hsmsearch.com. So the other thing I want to quickly say if we get into the news is we have, as you should know by now, opened up entries for the Safety and Health Excellence Awards. I think I've said this before on this podcast. It's actually my favourite thing that we do. It's a great opportunity for you to, for free, submit an entry for yourself, a colleague, a team, a project, product service you know it could be a supplier anyone you work with that really has raised the bar for health and safety standards it's a perfect way to get recognition from your industry peers and it only takes a few minutes to do it it really takes no time at all to enter and it's a great way to recognize what you do and it is as i said many times before an essential job that health and safety practitioners do so you can enter the awards for free look at all the categories you just go to s-h-e-awards.com that's s-h-e-awards.com or just google um, safety and health excellence awards and we've got so many great categories like best health and safety in construction best health and safety in manufacturing best health and safety project health and safety manager of the year campaign of the year team of the year and we've also got a great new category, which is Woman of the Year. And on top of that, we've got the Safe Logistics Awards and the Rising Star Awards. So please, please do consider entering. It's free to do. so it's a couple of minutes. Just go to she-awards.com. OK, right. Well, let's get straight into the news before we uh, get into our special guest this week. So an interesting campaign has been launched by the Health and Safety Executive someone that we obviously work very closely and you can listen to our back archive of webinars the HSC over on our website. So the HSC has launched the Working Minds campaign. So work-related stress and poor mental health risk are becoming a health and safety crisis for Great Britain's workplaces, the HSC has warned. So while the full impact of COVID-19 pandemic is yet to be fully understood, mental health issues are the number one reason given for sick days in the UK. Last year, More than 17 million working days were lost as a result of stress, anxiety or depression. And this has all come from a recent survey by the charity Mind. And they've actually suggested in the survey that two in five employees' mental health had worsened during the pandemic. Pretty sure we can all understand why that would be. This pandemic has been dreadful on so many levels. You know, there's obviously the emotional and human level of the fact that people have been sick or lost their lives, which is truly tragic, but there's been such a knock-on effect of stress and I know as an employer myself it's one of the biggest things that we were concerned about for our own staff's mental health of when we've had to have lockdowns and had them isolated when they have be working from home and we've always tried to check in and, I, and I'm not surprised by this at all those statistics. But in response to these figures, HSE said that it's launched a campaign and it's launched actually on the 16th of November. And it's called the Working Minds campaign. And what this is about is it aims to help businesses recognise the signs of work-related stress and make tackling the issues more routine. So while Working Minds is specifically targeting 6 million workers in small businesses, the HSE is calling for culture training across Britain's workplaces to ensure psychological risks are being treated the same as physical ones in a health and safety risk management. So, commenting on this, HSE Chief Executive Sir Album said, Work-related stress and poor mental health should be treated with the same significance as risks of poor physical health and injury. In terms of the effect it has on workers, significant and long-term stress can limit performance and impact personal lives. No worker should suffer in silence, and if we don't act now to improve workers' mental health, this could evolve into a health and safety crisis. Pretty strong words by... Sarah, there, and something I, I completely agree with, I'm sure many of you will too. So, Working Minds is aimed specifically at supporting small businesses, as I said, by providing employers and workers with easy to implement advice, including simple steps in its five R's, which stands for reach out, recognize, respond, reflect, and make it routine. So, sounds like a fantastic campaign, one that I'm certainly looking to myself, actually, reading through it. And if you want more information about this, please do go to the website, which is Work rights, that's W O R K R I G H T dot campaign dot gov dot uk forward slash campaigns forward slash working minds and listen if if you if you can't remember that then go to the HSM website which is HSM search dot com and in the search box just type working minds and you will find this news story there. So yeah, it seems like a really sensible campaign and something that I take very seriously because mental health is as we've said here in there the single biggest cause for days lost but it's more than that it's more than that it's about people's health it's about their productivity it's about their well-being and you know as employers or as responsible people like you are as safe health practitioners we want to make sure that our staff colleagues etc are properly looked after and it's not just about physical injuries so that's the first news story and you know moving on to the second one. It's the time of year I talk about statistics. So new research has revealed that the global fatality rate of economic activities worldwide um, has been released here by Arnite. And they've analysed the reported average workplace fatality rate per 100,000 workers across the globe to reveal the most dangerous countries and industries. So... As you can see, that, that it's quite broad, but if I go into a little bit of detail here, fishing had the highest average fatality rate, with basically 16% per 100,000 workers. And out of the economic activities included in the research, um, that was the highest. So it was the most dangerous, in terms of countries now, uh, in Canada with a fatality rate of 27%, or roughly 27%, it's 2732 if I'm precise. Um, the safety threats of fishing include working obviously in unpredictable working conditions such as weather, open water, and working from great heights. Mining was the second most dangerous industry, and the average fatality rate was 14.09%. And agriculture followed with 1126 workplace fatality rate. So those are the top three probably won't surprise you particularly. So, you know, fishing, mining and agriculture. So Aronite Managing Director, Rob Winslow said, it's the responsibility of all business owners, no matter what industry you work in, or the size of your company, to comply with the country's health and safety legislation. Failing to implement the required measures could put your employees' lives at risk. Even a low-risk job can become dangerous if you don't meet the basic health and safety requirements. So, the findings also found, and I'll talk about really geolocation here, if, if I'm honest. Um, so, if we talk about what it found, it said that Butane in South Asia was the most dangerous country for workers, with an average fatality of 31.9 fatalities across all patients, with Timor-Leste with a rate of 29.2 worker fatalities per 100,000. Nepal was 28.8 per 100,000. So, in comparison, Iceland, which has held the position as the most peaceful country since 2008, had zero work fatalities, as did Malta, as did San Marino. The average UK fatality rate, and this is based on ILO data, was 0.83. So the research revealed that mining coring sector, is, as we said, one of the most dangerous across 21% of the countries, and in fact that figure Mining and quarrying was the most dangerous across the sector of these countries, which was Uzbekistan, Sweden, and Spain. The fatality rate for this industry was highest in Egypt, with seventy five point two four per one hundred thousand workers. So, there's a lot more detail to this that I could go on and on about. And it comes back to what we always say here: everyone has a right to come home from work safe, but. There isn't much I can add to this other than saying these statistics are interesting. It's something that, you know, from our point of view as a a nation, Great Britain here, the United Kingdom, yes, we're one of the better performing nations, absolutely. And our standards have really set standards across the world. But, you know, I'm sure we can all look on enviously at um, places like Mulder and San Marino and Iceland that uh, have had zero workplace fatalities, and that is obviously the aim that we all have. So I'd urge you to have a quick look at this story online and just see how it compared to the rest of the world. Again, go to hsmsearch.com and just type workplace fatality rates in the search box and you will find it. So a couple more news stories I'd like to go over now. So ARCO has published recommendations on improving product safety. So last year, as the UK responded to the COVID-19 pandemic, substandard safety equipment began entering the market which put at risk people's lives and earlier in the summer the, gov- the government published its product safety review which called for evidence recommendations on how to strengthen outdated legislation to protect consumers from unsafe products something that we've covered before on this podcast so as its contribution to the debate Arco has said um that well, it's actually published a paper which is towards a safer future ARCO's vision for a new fit for purpose product safety framework, and this paper reflects on the lessons learned during the pandemic and shares expertise and recommendations for building a stronger product safety framework. So in this report, ARCO has identified a number of vulnerabilities and threats to consumer safety that have arisen as a result of the growth of the digital economy, the challenges posed by post-Brexit regulatory changes and the continued reliance on a fragmented system of regulation, monitoring, compliance and enforcement for product safety. So with the recent experiences of the pandemic uh, response fresh in mind Arco sees the creation of a new product safety framework as a critical requirement to ensuring the country is better prepared for future emergencies and this in their opinion requires a full assessment of what is working and what is not. So in the paper Arco looks at the current challenges and makes a series of recommendations in six key areas and focus on harnessing innovation expertise within the UK safety sector Building a system is easy to navigate but harder to circumvent and developing product safety framework that's fit for the future. So these six areas they have suggested are a new framework for high-risk PPE, strengthening the paper trail documenting a product safety, the right regulatory bodies in the right place with the right resources, establishing an authoritative source of guidance, regulation for a digital economy, and building a safe space for innovation so commenting on this arcos chairman thomas march has said the creation of a new product safety framework is a task that we should see as lasting beyond this pandemic and it necessitates a full assessment of what is working and what is not there's an acute need to look at the structures that protect us from everyday risk from substandard goods and unscrupulous businesses And we believe it's important to continue our work on what lessons can be learned from this pandemic to ensure the country be better prepared for future emergencies. Our recommendations reflect the work of our experts, our experience as one of the UK's leading safety companies and as a major importer of regulated goods and as a supplier to the UK government and public sector. It reflects what we have said to the government, to Parliament and to our colleagues across the sector. Together, we believe we can build a safer future. So if you want to read the report, go to arco.co.uk and it's forward slash towards hyphen a hyphen safer hyphen future hyphen position hyphen paper. But I'm sure if you go to arco.co.uk, you will find it. You will certainly find it on the HSM website, hsmsearch.com and type in the search box, Arco publishes recommendations on improving product safety. So, Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I remember Alan Murray from the British Safety Industry Federation telling me was that, just scarily, as soon as the pandemic uh, really became a thing back last year, I think 20,000 companies in China cropped up with the word um, mask in it. And that's truly terrifying. (laughs) You know, we've seen very publicly inappropriate PPE that just isn't suitable coming into the country and quite embarrassing so for the government in in one circumstance that I can remember. But the fact is we need to use compliant PPE. That's the only way we can protect our people, staff, friends, colleagues etc. And I think that's something we can all agree on. It's a really good report that Arco have written. I'd urge you to read it and uh, yeah please, please do take a look. So just Finishing off before we go into our main guest for today, we had some good news ourselves Health and Safety Matters recently. As you will probably know, we, on behalf of the British Safety Industry Federation, we produce an annual guide called the BSIF Guide. It's actually just coming out now. It's available online. It'll be coming onto your desks very shortly uh, if you haven't had it already. And it's the Guide to the UK Safety and Health Industry 2022. It's our biggest guide we've ever done. We've done it for a number of years for the BSIF in partnership with them. And it's a partnership we're very, very proud of. And we actually got nominated for an industry award for last year's guide, the 2021 guide, uh, the PPA um, Independent Publisher Awards. Uh, It's pretty much uh, the Oscars of us independent publisher sector. And I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted to say we actually won the award. Um, And it was for Best Commercial Partnership related to a publication, and it is for our partnership with the BSIF. It's something that, you know, we are very, very proud of our relationship with the BSIF. We work very, very closely with them. And it's it's an important way for us to expand our reach to safety professionals and push out their message. You know, um, it's an absolute delight working with all of their staff. You may have seen the news through about this online. I'm thrilled that Alan Murray, who's the CEO of BSIF, Shared some kind words, and uh, he said, "You know, I'm delighted that the BSIF and HM's partnership with the guide has been recognised by the PPA and the pub." Publishers Awards. This annual magazine covers critical information vital to keeping people safe and healthy in their work. And the BSIF is extremely proud of our partnership with HSM and all their staff. Well, that means a lot to me personally. Alan was with us at the awards, and you know, that made it even better. So I'd like to congratulate all the staff, all of my staff that work on HSM. But, but why is this important? Well, you know, from my point of view, it reaffirms that we're trying to put out the best publication possible for all of you guys. It's actually recognition of the fantastic engagement we have from you as an audience. So really, I'm telling you this to thank you. Thank you for engaging with the magazine. Thank you for engaging with our webinars and our podcasts. And thank you to all of our clients who, without them as well, without the advertisers, And without you as readers, I don't have a business and neither do my two business partners. You know, so thank you to all of you. We've grown tremendously the reach of HSM this year and is a really, really important topic, obviously. And we couldn't have done that without the fantastic partners like BSAF advertisers and you, the listeners, and hopefully it'll make you feel good that you've got a, a an independently recognised publication for the Magazine of the Year there for it's a one-off commercial partnership. So we're very proud of that award and, you know, huge congratulations to all of our team. And thank you again to to all of you. So, all right, well, that, that covers the news for, well, I should say the year. Really. I think this is the last podcast of the year, but certainly for this podcast. And if you want to see all the latest news, as I said, you can go to our website, www.hsmsearch.com, and on there... You can sign up to get the magazine for free and the BSIF Guide and the PPE Insights Guide that we publish as well, all free. Sign up to get our twice a week newsletter look at all the latest news prosecutions and services and feature articles on there and do listen to our back archive of webinars or we'll sign up to upcoming webinars and listen back to our digital conference, HSM Live. So that is once again, hsmsearch.com for everything that you will need. Okay. So we've got one guest this week, and it's, it's quite a strange one for me because uh, I used to work for this gentleman. Um, my guest this week is the founder of What Else Events, Tim Else. Tim, for years, was part of this business um, when it was known as Western Business Exhibitions and was my boss. He brought me to the company, and uh, he, he ran the business alongside Neil Weston. And now Tim has uh, moved on, branching out into launch business, an event in the sector and it's coming up. And I sat down with him to uh to go over what actually has got him to do this. <laughs> you know, what 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 what's his plans, what's his aims, and he's launched the brand Safety, Health and Wellbeing Live, which takes place next year in Manchester Central and also at Farnborough International. He's he's reinventing the regional exhibition model So yeah, a bit surreal for me interviewing my ex-boss, but we cover a multitude of things. So I sat down with Tim earlier today, and here's what he had to say. Well, Tim, this is a pleasure for me because obviously, you know, you are now the founder and managing director of What Else Events. And of course, as part of that business, you've launched Safety and Health and Wellbeing Live, which has events next year in Manchester and Farnborough. But of course, for me, this is somewhat surreal, because for many years, I worked for you um, at this business before I did a management buyout for Western Business Media. But you know, you're back in the events game. And I would imagine you're pretty excited to be back.
1: Absolutely right. And um, yes, I suppose I would reciprocate by saying what a pleasure it is to be on the HSM podcast, Mark, something that never existed in the 18 years when I was publishing Health and Safety Matters, and testament to you and to your colleagues for um, bringing Western business publishing up to date and modernizing seven fantastic magazines, the HSM podcast being just one great example of how you've done that. So yeah, pleasure to speak to the, the audience that I used to have and very much look forward to the chat.
0: Well, I think that's really what we want to talk about today, isn't it? You know, you know the health and safety sector inside out from your experience in events. And obviously, we're Health and Safety Matters running this business for, for many, many years. And, you know, for us, we've got a proud association with many events across many verticals, as you know. And as a publisher, we support many events and we are a media partner for uh, Safety, Health and Wellbeing Live. So could you tell us when your first event is? where it is, I've given a hint to it, and just tell us a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so what I'm doing with What Else events in 2022 is reconnecting regional occupational safety and health audiences with the preeminent premier providers, manufacturers and suppliers. That's something that hasn't been available for the last two, three years. Um, And it's something that I've done very well in the past this time around there are improvements i like to think you know having run regional trade shows for this sector for some what uh, 14 15 years i think there was a lot of room for improvement and i've thought very carefully about that and so in the first instance there are two regional shows um we take shw live to manchester central 15th, 16th of February next year. Um, And then we bring the show to a London and South East, South Coast audience um, at Farnborough International on the 28th and 29th of September.
0: And you know, Obviously, what I want to talk to you about is more about what visitors can expect, because the listeners to this podcast could both potentially exhibit, but could equally and probably more likely so actually be your target audience for potential visitors. So if I'm a health and safety manager, for example... Why should I take time out of my day to go to Manchester Central on the 15th and 16th of February 2022, for example? Why should they come to the Manchester version of ASHW Live?
1: OK, well, I think inadvertently you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, you know, the issue here is, is one of time. Um, there's never been, in my experience, never never met uh, a more pressured, under-pressure uh, community than the occupational safety and health practitioner. Um, It's a difficult job to do. It is, by the way, uh, I'm reassured, a very rewarding job to do, and it can be. Um, But my uh, my reason for creating the show is, well, there are a number of reasons, but I think I've come to realise and come to understand that this particular audience is under huge time pressure. This audience needs continuous professional development. It needs access to great quality insight. It needs access to education. And, you know, like so many other sectors, but I don't think it's any more important um, in other sectors, um, that you are able to move the dial and able to continually improve standards. You know, we have very high standards historically. Of Occupational safety and health. Um, But the truth is that during the pandemic, and this was to a certain extent since uh, the Conservative government came in in 2010, that we saw big cuts to the HSE's budget. And I think most people would agree with me who are on the inside of this that the slight slippage in our fantastic standards of occupational safety and health are in part attributable to that. Um, So you know, we've seen a few more injuries at work, we've seen um, more ill health attributable to poor working practices. So um, having run these shows or similar shows to these in the past, I know just how important they are. um, Because this audience finds it difficult to travel, they find it very difficult to get the budget they need for external training and that type of continuous professional development. Um, and that is what these events provide. You know, So, the HSM reader, whatever sector you work in, whether you're working in manufacturing, construction, transport, whether you're working in the public sector, or whether you're working in utilities, um, if you're an HSM reader, you can come to Safety, Health and Wellbeing Live within 60 to 90 minutes of where you live and work, and it's completely free of charge. You're gonna get access to two days of the highest quality conferencing, completely free of charge. You'll get to engage with the health and safety executive directly. Uh, Senior directors at HSE are delivering a conference on the 15th of February, um, led and started and opened by the current chair, Baroness Sarah Newton. That is the type of content you are not going to find anywhere else in 2022, and I'm very fortunate um, that SHW Live is working in collaboration with HSE. As an HSM reader, you're also going to get to meet some of the the very best manufacturers and suppliers of everything from PPE to respiratory protective equipment for prevention. Uh, You're going to meet some of the best training organisations NEBOSH Learning Partners, and you're going to be able to solve or go a long way towards solving many of the pain points and difficulties and challenges that you have in frontline safety and occupational health. But it's a bit more than that this time too, Mark. Um, I've looked at, over those 15 years, a changing demographic, a continually shifting set of responsibilities. And the big change that's come, I suppose, really gradually over seven or eight years, but really come sharply into focus in the last three to five, is this extension of those responsibilities to include taking a lead role on mental health and well-being in the workplace. And and that's no easy task. That is a big step. And the research I've done, uh, the partners that I have on this show tell me that there's a fairly even split um, amongst occupational safety and health practitioners half of them are really getting to grips with making a significant contribution to improving mental health in their workplace to improving standards of well-being but perhaps half of them are really no they really need to do that their employer expects them to and it's not easy so a visit to SHW live taking a day or two out of your busy schedule will help you move down that road. Whether you're looking to do it better, whether you're looking to be inspired to to go further, or whether you're looking for really straightforward advice on where to start, um, we've devised our conference programme to help you. And we have brought together a list of partners, advisors and exhibitors who are very capable and very able to help you on that journey. I mean,
0: when we look at The reasons to attend, like you've just said, there is networking with your peers, as you said, a, a great list of exhibitors, which we'll touch back on in a moment. But you've really taken time there to explain about the importance of cpd and educational content i mean i completely agree with you that that we've seen that from webinars we do these podcasts articles that continuous professional development is really important to our readers and and this audience now you've talked about the health and safety executive being a key part of that delivering a morning conference um you've obviously got two theaters i've got them in front of me you've got the sh so there's SHW Keynote Theatre and SHW Knowledge Exchange, which should be running for for both days. But for those that haven't been to your website, which will obviously give the address in a bit, you know, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I'm sure you'll know the answer. Could you just give us an idea of a, any sessions that are on there, the kind of content you're delivering? Obviously, you've touched on well-being now very much being on that agenda. So I presume it's much more than just well-being you'll be covering in those theatres.
1: Yeah, look, we're not losing sight here of, of, of the number one priorities. You know, we've got to pe- keep people alive. We've got to reduce injuries in the workplace. So when you look at that conference programme, there are 26 sessions, the two theatres that you've already named for me, thank you, um, and around about 40 individual speakers, panellists and knowledgeable experts. Um, thinking about the way that you will you know deliver your magazines and your digital content – I've been quite careful this year to hold a very high editorial line. So the first task that I undertook earlier this year between February and May was to put together what I think of as the strongest advisory council I could hope to have on a show on shows like these. I have 20 different advisors, most of whom I've worked with over many years, and... Um, people who've run major organisations within the OSH uh, market, people, organisations like the British Safety Council, NEBOSH, the International Institute of Risk and Safety Management, uh, the British Occupational Hygiene Society. Uh, just naming a few here. But they've all come together and they are contributing um, high-level but accessible content in 35- to 40-minute bite-sized sessions um we lead off on day one uh with dame uh sorry dame i don't know why i want to call baroness dame but baroness sarah newton um is leading off the conference program with an opening address uh, as a keynote from the health and safety executive her hse colleagues are then looking at a range of the really big topics the ones that they consider this is the important point it's not about what i consider to be most important this is about hse connecting with Uh, the occupational safety and health fraternity and they're dealing with the major issues they're going to talk to you about really getting to grips with and tackling respiratory disease and doing that sustainably they're going to talk about work-related stress and this is the key point how that impacts on mental health so that we're really going to learn i think and if you come to shw live in manchester you're going to get a really clear idea about hse's view on work-related stress and how it impacts mental health i think that's going to be fascinating but there are topics, you know, that just don't go away. Um, musculoskeletal uh, disorders keep a lot of people off work, and HSE again will address that head-on. And um, interestingly, we will also be one of the first. So a- uh, SHW Live Manchester, in, um, sorry, Manchester, will be one of the first times that you'll be able to engage directly with the newly formed Building Safety Regulator. So the new BSR currently being formed, as you know, Mark, you know more about it than I, I suspect, uh, that the team are coming to address our audience um, at midday on the 15th of February. And it'll be one of the first times that you'll be able to hear directly from BSR, from the Building Safety Regulator, um, possibly one of the only times you'll hear from them early next year. Um, so it, when you look at the programme as well, I mean, I could list all the sessions, I won't. But of course, we're looking at Um, some of the key uh, issues that have come out of the pandemic. We're looking at uh, COVID-19, looking at crisis management and recovery. That's fascinating. Some of the stories that are coming out of how how this wonderful profession kept the wheels turning, you know, how manufacturing processes, how the construction industry kept moving in very large part because safety practitioners made that possible. And I think that's the best part about this, you know, one of those silver linings, and I, I use that term very carefully, um, of the pandemic, is that this profession is having its, and this is my phrase, it's having its uh, moment in the sunshine. The respect for the profession, I think, is going through the roof because the public now perhaps really understand what it means to be a safety and health practitioner and a contribution that your readership really makes um, you know, it's so much of it is unseen, right? You know, the, the best measure of, of a good day at work for a safety manager, as many people have said to you, is when nothing happens. And, and I think that's something that what that means, the downside of that is you never hear about it. But actually, we saw it. We saw that, you know, whatever we needed in this country when we were all confined to our homes still kept moving. Uh, we still kept producing what we needed. And that was impossible without the work of, of occupational safety and health teams. And um, so, you know, we're going to look back. We're going to look forward. Of course, there's going to be a lot of, of commentary about respiratory exposure. And um, My partnership with the British Occupational Hygiene Society means we're going to look in some considerable detail at respiratory exposures. You know, that those sort of unseen, invisible dangers, the things that cause long-latency disease, the things that that cause ill health and, and, and early death long after your career has ended. Um, these are major issues. They have been for a long time. But SHW Live shines a spotlight on that. And you will hear, not from, you know, just occasional commentators, you'll hear from the experts. And that's what I mean about holding a high editorial line with the, with the conference sessions.
0: Now that makes sense. And, you know, picking up what you just said there, You know, it's one of the reasons that you, myself and uh, Keith Gabriel, my now business partner, one of two, um, launched the Safety and Health Excellence Awards. Is that recognising the great role that all of our listeners now and readers of the magazine do, a really key role that they do. And recognising that, as you said, sometimes the recognition of that is actually nothing happening. You know, zero incidents is the best recognition you can get, but there needs to be more recognition for that in the sector thus, why we've obviously and still do run the safety and health excellence awards but you know but before i get into how people can get in touch and how they can register this is more than just a conference more than just networking it's it's, it's a it's a large-scale event obviously in manchester in february and then subsequently in Farnborough. so exhibition plays a big part of this and you've mentioned some of the partnerships that you've got for this event so people that are coming to the event or might want to come to the event that are listening to this now, what brands can they see? Everything from your event partners to your family partners to exhibitors. Can you just give us a very quick favour of the people who will be on site showcasing products and offering advice and guidance?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the you know when I, when I put these shows together in the first instance, of course, I was going to think about... Great quality educational content and the opportunity to accelerate your CPD. You know that that's an essential. But having run 55 shows over 15 years for the occupational safety and health sector, and um, every time we run those shows, we've asked people what was good, bad, and indifferent. Um, and the opportunity to engage with the major manufacturers is still a seriously important part of any trade show. So. Um, my task back in uh, sort of April, May time was to engage with some of the major brands, so some of the the market leaders. So when you look at the respiratory market, nobody, I think, has more market share than Moldex. Moldex were one of the first to sign up to support me in year one with both shows. Um, When you look at the world of of PPE um, and we look at, you know, above-the-neck protection, we look at eyewear and Bollet Safety, you know, they are undoubtedly the market leader um, for eye protection, Um, I look at um, the world of evacuation and and when we think about the building safety regulator, we think about, you know, reflections and response after the Grenfell uh, disaster. Um, We look at, you know, uh, egress about how to get people out of buildings quickly and safely and EVAC chair being the market leader in that market, we're we're keen to get on board very early on. Um, There are perennial issues in the world of safety. You look at the construction world, um, we look at any type of buildings maintenance Working at height is still an incredibly dangerous thing to do. Um, Guardian Fall are the world's largest privately owned collection of fall prevention specialists, and they're on board as a founding partner. Um, I mentioned earlier about, um, you know, respiratory uh, exposure to dust and fume, those sort of substances hazardous to health, and Casella are... the world's most preeminent manufacturer of the type of equipment you're going to need to monitor your environment. And they got on board very early on. Um, but if you're, if you're leading a safety team, you know that um, training them, developing their careers is really, really important. So we're partnered with Nibosh. Um, we're working very closely with them. And they're helping us in terms of bringing in uh, their learning partners. And one of our founding partners is RRC International, arguably the market leader in um, um, training and qualifications in the UK. So um, there are six. And, and, you know, I've got Uni Gloves, uh, joined us as a, in terms of hand protection. Um, just today, uh, we signed uh, an agreement with Port West. Um, massive success story in the provision of PPE, and workplace clothing. Um, and it, what each of these uh, founding partners has in common um, is their desire to reinstate regional shows. They've all done them before. They know how important they are. They know how important trade shows are to generating new sales leads and getting face-to-face connection, You know, getting real networking done um, in a meaningful, measurable way. They know how important and how difficult it is to reach those audiences in the Northwest, um, specifically audiences in the Southeast, London, South Coast. They've helped me formulate the plan for SHW Live. They're influencing its direction um, and they're playing their part. So when you, as an HSM reader, come to Manchester Central in February or to Farnborough International in September, rest assured you will be meeting. Um, the most influential, forward-thinking, innovative manufacturers of safety equipment that you could hope to meet, you will find the solutions to the problems that are raised and discussed in the conference Um, programme. Beyond those founding partners, Mark, we've got well over 50 different brands already contracted and exhibiting at the Manchester show. You will meet between 70 and 80 different brands by February and um, the vast majority of those companies have equally signed up to exhibit at our show in September. So, if that's more convenient for you as an HSM reader, if you're within an hour, hour and a half of um, that part of the world in the southeast, then you will get your opportunity um, to come and engage with um, the SHW exhibitor base and a completely fresh conference program for September. We'll reveal details on that around June time. Um, so, yeah, lots going on, um, fabulous brands, great opportunity to reconnect. Um, and as an HSM reader, you will also, you won't just be invited to register and attend free of charge. Um, you will also be invited to join a networking reception at the end of the first day of each show, so that if you haven't met with those exhibitors on their stand, you'll be able to come and enjoy a bit of downtime, hard earned downtime, bit of um, net, genuine, sort of enjoyable networking. Uh, At the end of each of the first days of each show, Um, and that will be something that uh, we'll invite HSM readers to do.
0: Well, I know that obviously networking is a really important aspect for our listeners and our readers, and I know it's something that's uh, very important to you as well, and certainly what you taught me when I worked for you is uh, make sure that we get out there and network as much as we can and as you say with the brands you've got out there please do go to the SHW live website which we'll give you in a moment but you know the brands there I can see them in front of me now Able Safety, Drager, for example, Martor, tech, uh Safety Unlimited Shore City Milwaukee Tools. There's, there's lots more than uh the Safety Knife Company. There's lots more that we could go over. So I think that really brings me to the concluding question, really, Tim. We've talked at length, and I can see how obviously excited you are about the first event, and it looms now on the 15th and 16th of February in 2022 at Manchester Central. But you know, for those that listen to this over the Christmas period and maybe just before the event itself you've told them networking is important you've told them about the high quality content you told them about you know the 70 odd leading brands they're going to be there but i guess the question remains is if they want to come for free now and it is entirely free how can they register to do so where should they go to do that
1: okay so uh, yeah really important This, and um, first of all you know, attending the show is free of charge there's no ticket price to get in but it's important that you um spend so two minutes filling in a registration form. I've tried to keep that quite simple. Um, It's not an onerous task, but you need to go to safetyhealthwellbeing.live and click register. It is as simple as that. Once you've spent those two minutes telling me a little bit about what you do and who you work for, um, you will receive your um, digital badge, which you can print at home and bring to the show be very very mindful of uh, government regulations and restrictions such as they have been we'll see where they are in february but this is a key point i want to get across to you as well i've chosen two of what i think are the very highest quality venues for these events manchester central and farnborough international have a number of things in common they are both major award winners um Uh, the uh, Association of Exhibition Organisers Awards and the Association of Exhibition Venues. Uh, They are members of the AEV. They are both fit-for-purpose, designed venues that focus entirely on the visitor experience. They're extremely well ventilated. And I have uh, contracted far more physical space at these shows than one might normally need for a trade show of this size so that there will be lots of room, wide aisles, plenty of room between seats in the conference theatres, and obviously um, we will be providing hand sanitisation at every aisle and at the entrance to the shows. We'll reflect uh, close to the time. There's a a COVID-safe policy uh, on the website you can access whilst you are uh, registering to attend the show. Um, We'll follow government guidance, um, but we intend to make this very easy. We will be mask friendly and so you should decide um, how you feel about that at a personal level and we will make sure that your visitor experience is second to none these venues are not the cheapest to hire i would say as a tenant um, but i've used lots of different types of venues for these events over the years i consider these two to be uh, first class um, and the organizing teams behind them are completely dedicated to the visitor experience. And you'll really notice that when you come to Manchester and Farnborough in February and September.
0: Well, as we said, the website is www.safetyhealthwellbeing.live. If you haven't got that, which is safetyhealthwellbeing.live, just Google, put it in your Google machine and type safety, health and wellbeing live. It comes up on all search engines there, safety, health and wellbeing live, and you can register completely for free. Well, Tim, it's been great catching up with you it's somewhat surreal for me to be uh, interviewing someone i used to work for but i have done that before on this podcast with others so but but great fun so i wish you the best of luck for
1: february and september next year excellent thank you for having me um i look forward to seeing hsm readers in february
0: And that's all we've got time for in this edition of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. I'd like to thank all of you for taking time to listen to this. And if you'd like to see all the latest news, prosecutions, products and services, go back through our archive of webinars, as I said before, just go to our website, www.hsmsearch.com. You can sign up to get our twice a weekly new newsletter, Or you can, of course, go back to our past webinars. Or you can sign up to get a copy of Health and Safety Matters magazine. So you'd be remiss of me also not to say thank you again for a fantastic year of support from the Health and Safety event, which is the sponsors of this podcast. We love our partnership with 19 Group and we're very proud to be putting on content to the Health and Safety event, which takes place on the 5th to 7th of April at the NEC in Birmingham. It's an event not to be missed and it's co-located with the Fire Safety event, the New Workplace event and the Security event. Register for that event at healthandsafetyevent.com and you can access all of those events with a single registration. Loads of content on, huge number of exhibitors, an event not to be missed at the NEC in Birmingham on the 5th to 7th of April 2022. As I said, just register at the healthandsafetyevent.com. As I said, all that's left for me to say is thank you to all of you so much for your support this year. And I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast and the podcasts this year and if you're listening to this before Christmas I hope you have a fantastic Christmas and a fantastic and prosperous new year and we will be back in January with the next edition of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. <laughs>